This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, if you're a narcissist, then that song and this next segment actually is about you. We're going to find out why that is. Claire Newell is... Claire Newell. I did this yesterday. <laughs> Claire Allen is with us. I called Claire Newell Claire Allen yesterday. The Claire's. I just Very said confusing. <laughs> Claire Allen is with us now to talk about narcissists. Claire, what got you started on this today? I find the topic of narcissism to be very fascinating because Agreed. I think we all know somebody, one, two, maybe three, maybe a whole bunch of people in our lives that are narcissists. You're thinking of people in particular. Yes. Right? yes. We, I think that we either they might just have narcissistic personality traits or maybe they're full-blown narcissists, you know, being diagnosed as being a narcissist. What does that mean? Well, so narcissism is the pursuit of gratification from vanity or egotistic uh, admiration of one's idealized self-image and attributes. This includes self-flattery, perfectionism, and arrogance. So the term simi originated from Greek mythology where a young narcissist fell in love with his own image reflected in a pool of water. This is... The type of person who relates everything back to themselves. Yes. So if you say, I oh, had a really bad day today, they go, yeah, well, let me let tell you about my day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That person. Yes. And also just has an inflated sel- sense of self, like maybe is not critical of oneself at all. And that's actually what this study that we're about to learn uh, about Talk what they aimed to find out about, which I thought was fascinating. So this new study from the University of Waterloo examines how narcissistic personality traits impact critical and reflective thinking. Now, as I said, I find the study to be super fascinating because it actually examines the inner working of a brain of the brain of someone who has narcissistic personality traits. Like what lights up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like why, why, why they behave. The way they do. They do outwardly. What goes on inside? Because usually we've just looked at how narcissistic behavior impacts other people. So I caught up with Shane Luttrell. He is the lead author of the study, and he's a cognitive PhD student at the University of Waterloo. And so the first thing he told me, which I found very interesting because I had never heard this before, is that there are actually two types of narcissism. A lot of people might be surprised that there's, uh, at least in the research literature, there's two different types of narcissism. We have what we call grandiose narcissists, and we have vulnerable narcissists. And grandiose are kind of what people typically think of when they think of a uh, a narcissist. You know, somebody that feels more entitled, they feel superior to others, uh, they might brag a lot and tend to have uh, much higher Um, uh, self-esteem. In some cases, they tend to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, And then you have vulnerable narcissists, which um, those aren't uh, as easy to, to recognize, but they tend to be a little bit more insecure and defensive and introverted. They tend to have lower self-esteem. One of the main things that kind of links these things together, these two types of narcissism together, is something we call self-enhancement. And that's a key quality of narcissists. And self-enhancement is just, we tend to uh, brag or puff ourselves up in a way to kind of make ourselves feel better. For the grandiose narcissists, they tend to be very extroverted with, with their type of narcissists. And vulnerable narcissists do it slightly differently. They're kind of what I like to call Instagram narcissists, where they have, uh, at, at least currently, um, a lot of people will go on something like Instagram and have this very carefully curated uh, public perception that they're putting out there. Um, 
you know, they take, it takes them 20 times to get the perfect picture to post on Instagram because they want to put this, this not necessarily false, but maybe exaggerated um, perception of who they are as a person and how their life is going. And the difference between these is uh, when it comes to something like criticism, a grandiose narcissist, if they get criticized, they're more likely to be aggressive and get kind of angry about that. And a vulnerable narcissist is more likely to take that personally and be kind of hurt. That sounds like a lot of people who are on Instagram. Yeah, definitely. I had never heard about a vulnerable narcissist, but when he was talking, I could identify a few people that I knew that fit <laughs> the criteria. Um, but yeah, so like I said earlier, we often hear about how narcissism affects those around us. Right. But uh, Shane Luttrell, the researcher, he just wanted to find out about how narcissism, narcissism affects people internally and their thought processes. Okay. So he told me a little bit about how he conducted the study. So I wanted to see if... Narcissists, their what seems to be biased expressions of their thinking actually were related to the cognitive processes going on. Uh, so I gave them five different measures of uh, various types of uh, cognitive reflection or things that are related to cognitive thinking, uh, like something called the uh, cognitive reflection test, um, the CRT, which is basically a collection of brain teasers um, that ask things like, the, the classic example is about a burger and fries. Or it's, it's about a bat and ball, but I give them burger and fries because it's just tastier. But uh, burger and fries cost $1.10. Uh, the burger costs a dollar more than the fries. How much do the fries cost? And uh, the intuitive answer for that, because all of these have intuitive answers that are wrong, and it requires you to actually think about the problem to get the correct answer. The intuitive answer for that is like, oh, well, if it's a dollar more, then it's obviously a do- uh, 10 cents. Mm-hmm. But that's not actually right. It's actually a dollar five. Mm-hmm. And an, another example is uh, there's a hole that you know, how much dirt is in a hole that's three feet deep by three feet wide um, by three, three feet across. And most people intuitively will just look at that and be like, oh, three times three times three is 27. But you have to stop and reflect on that and say, oh, wait, it's a hole. There's no dirt in the hole. <laughs> so I gave uh, everybody that test and along with several others and the people that were higher in narcissism tended to do worse on uh, measures of that type of reflective thinking. Okay. Can we go back? And, like, I, I, I get <laughs> the whole one because that's funny. That's, that's funny. Fun. It's almost like a riddle. Yeah. But the first one. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe by his research, I'm a narcissist because I had a really hard time getting some of these question like I didn't get the right answer when I was doing them quickly in my head while he was saying it, I was like 27 Shane come on and then I was like oh no I am a narcissist <laughs> but, I'm gonna uh, have to go back and think about those ones those as are well. just some of the examples that he okay. gave people that identified Phew. that had narcissistic personality traits so as you just heard people with uh, these personality traits that are narcissistic person personality traits did poorly on the test we just mentioned so what does that mean in regards to critical and reflective thinking well that basically suggested um, mixed with their overconfidence, uh, narcissists seem like they are more likely to uh, not engage in these reflective strategies when they solve problems. And I mean this very broadly across vulnerable and, and grandiose. They tend to not use these reflective strategies and are more likely to go with, uh, possibly go with the first answer that pops into their mind. Because the first answer comes with a sense of confidence. You know, a lot of times we get a gut feeling and we feel really confident in that gut feeling even if it's wrong, uh, this at least suggests that narcissists, due to their overconfidence perhaps, get that gut feeling and are even more confident in their gut feelings than than, uh, non-narcissists and are more likely to go with that rather than engaging in these more reflective, more critical processes to try to come up with a, a better solution to the problems. 
So it it's at least suggests that in a lot of these decisions in their lives that will, normally would require more critical thought, they just don't engage in those critical processes, and we'll just go with the quick answer. Okay, so there's kind of good and bad news for us mm-hmm. in there because we did go with the quick answer, but then we beat ourselves up afterwards about how did that happen? Like, why did we do that? Mm-hmm. And maybe narcissists wouldn't do that. Right, exactly. And so uh, remember when Shane spoke about the two different kinds of narcissists, the grandiose and the vulnerable, um, he says that there's a slight difference between the two when it comes to the outcome of critical and refre- reflective thinking. The vulnerable narcissist, but not the grandiose, seems to perceive their own thinking about their own thinking, this engaging in, in reflective thinking, they were more likely to report that they do it than the grandiose narcissists, but they were also more likely to report that it was really a, a confusing and kind of, you know, well, just a confusing process for them. That suggests perhaps the vulnerable narcissists, unlike the grandiose, start to engage in these critical processes. And then because vulnerable narcissists are more, you know, they're hypersensitive, and uh, more, a little bit more neurotic, they might start to doubt the answers that they come up with or doubt whether or not those critical processes are even good. So they'll default back to that gut response. That is so fascinating. Yeah, really interesting about how the vulnerable narcissist almost gets there or may actually get to the right answer. But then because of their insecurity, defaults back to the impulsive answer right away. So, okay. Yeah, very interesting. So um, Shane st- uh, told me that what's really sets this study apart from other studies on narcissism, because there are other studies right. about this personality trait, is that it actually looks at, a pa- at patterns of thoughts instead of just outward behavior. Well, they're having these, these thoughts, these self-enhancing thoughts that are related to their ego, but maybe it's not just a self-enhancing kind of thing. Maybe it's actual distortion in their ability to reason which hasn't really been looked at much in the literature. Oh boy, this is really interesting. So their brain's just wired in a different way. And so I just thought that was so interesting because we always hear about how, you know, narcissists, when they get into relationships, they ruin relationships or people are just, un- their, their so partner is, to live with. Yeah, is not satisfied with living with them or with their how the relationship has panned out. But now we're actually learning that maybe their brains are just wired differently in regards to critical and reflective thinking. And so Shane actually has a follow-up study, which will uh, dig deeper into the thought processes of narcissists. And it will look at whether or not narcissists are able to use effective logical reasoning. Um, So that's what he'll be working on next. And I just think it's such a fascinating topic. Maybe, yeah, you're right. Maybe they're not capable of going through the steps like as a coping mechanism. Right. And what a question I asked Shane that he was not really able to answer because he's a cognitive, he works in the area of cognitive psychology, is that we hear a lot about, um, especially in relationships with narcissists, people seek out therapy to understand, to maybe work on their issues that they're having in a relationship, if there's a narcissist in a relationship with their partner. And so I was wondering if therapy would actually work for a narcissist, if their brain isn't able to do a flex- yeah. reflective um, or critical thinking, because if they just, can't go to therapy and gain anything from it, then what's going to work? Exactly. That's what I was wondering is that how would you be able to get through to somebody whose brain just doesn't, doesn't process things that way? Cause re- therapy is all about reflection, right? And especially with relationship therapy. So I was just wondering like, if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, is there no cure? No hope. No hope. No cure. For, well, <laughs> there's hope, I'm there's sure. Hope. It's just what you can live with and what they can 
Exactly. So maybe I think it's just an interesting way to learn more about the brain of somebody that has narcissistic personality traits. So fascinating. Claire, thank you. Thanks, Emmy. And we'll have more when we come back.